Welcome to Mies Technicians Ladies Podcast. Um, this is Dodie Glover, and I'm here with Sarah, Laura, and Olivia. And today we're going to be talking about our houses. I know that sounds crazy, but um, we would just like to take um, the time to explain a little bit of what it is like to um, to live here in um, rural Mexico, an indigenous community, um, to paint a picture for you. You know, sometimes people may think that it's a lot worse than it actually is. And then um, in other ways, um, there may be some realities that um, our supporters in the States don't really know that we um, that we do have to struggle with. And so we just kind of wanted to explain some things today, maybe tell some fun stories. Um, but first of all, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you who give to the Cooperative Program and Lottie Moon Christmas offering because we have housing that is above and beyond what we could ask for in a place like this. And everything that we could possibly need or want is provided for us. If things break, we don't have to worry about how we're going to pay for that. Um, we are provided for, and that is because of you and your giving. And so we just want to say thank you um, that um, you are very generous generous in your giving, and um, we are able to live here in a hard and difficult place um, that has its challenges um, culturally, but then also just logistically. Daily life is different, and so therefore there's going to be um, housing challenges, but um, because of your generosity, we are able to live here, and that that is huge, and so thank you. Um, first of all, Sarah's going to explain a little bit about just what houses are like out here. Yeah, there's kind of three different types of houses out here. There are houses that are basically wood panels on a dirt floor um, with your kitchen inside, um, fire kitchen. And then a step up from that would be an adobe house, which is made of like the mud and grass bricks. Um, and then a step up from that would be a material house made out of concrete. And that's the type of house that our teammates all have. Um, we were feeling really blessed when we were searching for a house in Metlatonic. We know a woman who has a house here, and she had just basically the concrete walls up, and the whole inside was dirt floors with bunny rabbits burrowing in the floor and um, wood everywhere and just piles of stuff. And we just loved this this house, even though it, there was nothing to it. But um, we just thought, well, we'll tell her that we really like it. You know, we'd, we'd love to move to Metla. And then two years later, we were walking through Metla on a week we had come to just kind of pray through the town and get to know the town. And we looked at the house, the same house, and it had a Tanako on the roof, which is where the water is held, and a hot water heater. And... We called her up and she said, the house is ready for you. Um, you can move in in two weeks. And we hadn't even talked to her about any details. But basically a house like the ones my teammates and I moved into is basically a concrete box in a way. And then you have to put in the electricity and the plumbing. And if you want any kind of kitchen cabinets or anything, you need to put those in. So there's a lot of work and a lot of setup that goes into setting up our houses. Um, and the electricity, 
basically you just kind of need to tap into a wire that's out on the street. You just, our, our electricity is basically a wire from one pole to our house. And we had some problems with that early on, but um, we figured out how to deal with that after numerous um, power outages. We realized it wasn't grounded, and so we, we, we grounded our electricity, and it works great now. Um, <clears throat> another thing that is kind of cool, actually, is that our water comes from fresh mountain springs. So the water kind of gathers in a river, and then they have concrete boxes, basically, where the water gathers, and then it comes out a thick hose tube, which then goes down the streets, and everyone taps into that hose to get their water. Um, so the water then goes up onto our roof into a big black tank, and then into our house from there. Um, and we do feel super blessed to have clean water because of the WMU. Thank you, WMU, for your um, pure love project that you have going on. And because of that, we can have clean water. Um, the people in the community, they just drink the water that comes from the mountain spring, which we have drunk too. And when you go out about town, that's what you're drinking. It just has some sediment in it, but it's never really... Um, have, we've never had any problems really with it with parasites or anything, but just in case, we're so grateful and thankful that our water isn't um, full of sediment and brown and having potential parasites in it. So thank you, WMU ladies, for providing free water filters to our entire team so that we can have clean water to drink. It is such a blessing. Where we live, just to give you an idea, is um, we're in the mountains, um, pretty far back into the mountains. Our airport is about seven hours away. So we're, we're back on twisty, windy roads all the way into the mountains. And most of you might think Mexico is super hot. And it, it is. We lived in a town that was really hot. But now we've gone up to about 8,000 feet in elevation, and so where we live, it is cold, but also warm. I personally think it's like springtime year-round, um, and we get a dry season, and then we get a rainy season where it's super humid, and um, but sunny and beautiful in the mornings, and so that just gives you an idea. Um, we are not in, in like a dirt road jungle-y village, there are concrete roads, just to give you an idea, and, and um, yeah, so that's, that's that. Uh, Olivia, I heard that you have a story about your water. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so the water, um, as Sarah was explaining how the water system works, it comes off the mountain um, and into like, what is that called? It's a cistern, okay, comes into a cistern, um, and our community is divided into about 12 sections, and each section is responsible for their water, um, and so that means that each section has to take care of their water cistern, and so anytime it gets clogged up during rainy season, if there's lots of leaves or sticks and things that just flow down, um, with the water from the top of the mountain, if it flows down into the cistern and it gets clogged up, 
um, a group of people from that area will gather together and go up to the cistern and they'll clean it out for the community. Um, and so water here is free, which is such a blessing. Um, but also part of that is since um, each community or each section is cleaning out their own cistern and managing it, sometimes you can go without water for a day or three days, depending on what's happening in your section of town. Um, for example, in this community, they do lots of fiestas, and so you're guaranteed about a big party every month, um, and just depends on what section of town you're in. And so if there's a party going on where they're um, celebrating their saint in that area, um, then a lot of the men in that section might be preoccupied with their obligations for this fiesta, and so your water cistern could get clogged up, um, and they're not going to take a break from their party to come and clean it out. So you might have to just wait a day or two or three whenever everyone in your area is feeling a little bit better to come clean out their water when they feel like it's a, a big need. Um, and also another thing with the water, like Sarah was saying, is it goes up into, it comes down from the mountain, and then it goes up into a tank above our houses. Um, and I think each of our houses is are similar, but still a little bit different. Um, in my house, it comes straight off the street, and so the pressure is really good. Um, but the tank that's on top of my house, a lot of times when there's not the community water coming in because it's clogged up, um, I can use the water that's from the tank, kind of like a reservoir, to use that coming in, but it just takes a lot more time to do something like washing dishes or doing laundry um, because it has less pressure. And so just some fun water stories that I have for my house would be a multitude of times when there's not been community water um, or the Tanako on the roof has been um, a part has broken off and maybe it's not able to be used and it's a part that you can't get in town and so having to wait again a few days before um, someone can go and get that part to fix it. Um, I've had to wash clothes and it's taken a small load took about three hours just to wash it, and a bigger load took six hours. And that was if the power didn't go out in the middle of it, and then it restarts. Um, and so it teaches you, I, I think, just teaching you to be really thankful for the moments that you do have good power. And when you do have a working Tanako, when there is community water, um, things here when they're functioning, but also um, being more thankful for those conveniences that can easily take for granted um, in more modern areas. Um, and then Sarah was also saying about rainy season, how here in the mountains we have the dry season and the rainy season, and the rainy season is about six, six months, I think. Um, maybe seven, um, and it rains every day, could rain for 30 minutes up to a few hours, 
And so with rainy season, you find a lot of other really interesting water problems all throughout your house. For example, because the houses are made out of concrete, sometimes the concrete is not um, laid um, smoothly or it's not even across. And so water can pool up on your roof. It's just a flat roof um, and it can pool up in spots um, because it's not perfectly flat and that pooling up can allow it to start to seep through um, the concrete. And so during rainy season is really when you find out you have leaks through your roof all in different spots of your house. Um, That's always fun. And then your house might flood because of the rain. Um, recently, there was a tarp hung on my on the roof part of my house, um, reaching across to cover a fair that was outside. And the fair people had uh, tied up the tarp, and it seemed okay. But then there came a really heavy rain, and it just gushed in to my house underneath the door and it flooded the living room. Um, and so that was an adventure to try and quickly move all the things that were in the living room, just the couches, moving that stuff back and then running outside to see what the problem was. Um, but it gave an opportunity to talk to, um, the fair people and start having more conversations with them. Um, because of the water that flooded the house. So Sarah was saying that um, when she first arrived, um, she was explaining the story of how they found their house. And I just want to say a little bit more about that in regards to, I guess, their house, but then also our house and really all of our houses, um, that we all felt like God just really um, provided the exact place where we needed to be. It was really cool seeing how... um, the house that the Armstrongs ended up living in when we first went there, it was like a barn basically. But, um, when they, they thought they were going to have to start from scratch and build it up. But when they came back, it was completely finished and, and really pretty. It had floors, it had paint, it had everything and, um, looked really nice. And, um, they were able just to move in and, and do all of the, the final things to it. Um, and then in regards to our house, um, an older couple, whose um, grandson lives in the States, um, was able to build them a house, a nice two-story cinder block house, but they don't feel comfortable living in it and um, because they're so used to living in an adobe house. And so it was just sitting there and it was unfinished, mostly like, you know, finished as far as the, the shell, but the plumbing wasn't completely finished. And so when we asked to rent it, they were excited about that and um, – we just had to finish it out. And the location of the house is um, where I think God wanted us to be. And in each of our situations, um, the people that God has put us around were the people that um, he wanted us to share with. And so I just think that it was, you know, your prayers and um, his plan that um, we as we were looking for housing, we didn't really know what to expect and we didn't know what to go. It was just go into this brain, this brand new um, village and, and try to find a place. But, but God just kind of guided us into those locations and provided for us. And so 
And along those lines, when we were first, when we first moved into our house, um, we had some issues with electricity and like we had only been there for like maybe a week or so. And one day the electricity went out and we knew that it was just our house. Sometimes it goes out and it's the city, but this time we knew it was just our house. And, and Jake thought I need to go find an electrician, but I don't know any electricians in this town. I'm just going to have to see what I can find, you know, and he went out, um, prayerfully just walking, looking for some construction sites and happened to find a guy who, um, was available and willing to come and help us. And, um, just through his time with this man was able to share the gospel with him. He was very open and he was curious about why we were here. And so the fact that we didn't have electricity that day, this man was able to hear the gospel. And so, there are a lot of challenges and inconveniences, I guess, more so than in the States. Um, obviously, houses can have issues no matter where you live, um, but here it, it does seem to maybe happen more often, and we kind of just have to teach ourselves that um, those could be opportunities. Um, we have to keep our our attitude in check and try to have... Um, the right perspective, because if we begin to complain, then our kids are going to pick up on that. Um, and we have to just kind of roll with it sometimes and, um, be content with what we have and, and learn to go without, whether it be water, electricity or internet. And, um, and those things can be challenging. And so as you are praying for us, um, just pray for our hearts to be content and pray for our husbands as they're having to, figure out how to fix things that they may not know how to fix or having to look for parts or look for, um, repairmen and, um, pray for us ladies as, and we're having to do laundry that takes, you know, all day for one load or, um, go without, um, for a day. Um, it does teach us that there are many, many things in life that we take for granted. And, um, and so we just want to, be mindful of that no matter where we are. It's kind of like what Paul was saying that we've learned to be content in whatever circumstance that if we're here and we're without and we have to light a candle or, um, bucket bathe instead of having a shower, um, we're going to be okay. And it helps us to appreciate when we do have electricity and we do have water. Um, and, or if we're in the city and, in a nice fancy hotel that actually has a bathtub, <laughs> you know, we can enjoy those moments and appreciate them in a special way. Um, and so, um, just a way to remember to pray for us is that, um, we can have thankful hearts, contented hearts, and, and, um, that we would be wise with what God has given us and the resources that we have, um, that we would know how to, um, live in a way that, that honors him, even in the daily things that we have to do. And, and so, um, I don't know if anybody else has anything that they want to add as far as, um, funny stories or comments about daily life or housing. Well, I mean, it kind of goes along with what you're saying, Jody. but, um, just that all these little things that we deal with, um, can help us to, to also just think about how other people are living, you know, um, we might not have, um, 
you know, this one light is out, but in a, in a, in a common mixed-tech house, they might just have one little bulb in the middle of their entire house. That's all they have, you know? So it just kind of helps me personally to try and think, you know, I guess you're just trying to be grateful for what I have and, and think about um, how others are living and... Um, just kind of it's just kind of humbling, you know, to think that, you know, I I might be struggling with my washing machine not working, but they by no means would have a washing machine. They always wash all their clothes by hand and so it's just, you know, just little things like that to to help me to work on my patience and having joy in challenges and persevering through little things, but um, yeah, that's kind of all I wanted to add to that, but thanks, Jody. All right, well, thank you, and I think that's um, it for today.